Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. All right, welcome back, Solar Warriors. It's a Tactical Tuesday. If you're new here, then let me tell you, this is a short form conversation with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career. And if that's not the first time you've heard it, thank you so much for tuning in again. You know that you're about to get some massive advice and value for the next half hour or so of your life. I'm well aware that the only non-renewable resource that you possess is your time. I intend to take good care of it. So I hope that you are ready. We're going to learn a ton about how you can tap into even more resources than you thought were possible. Today, we're going to be chatting with the two people who run a program I didn't even know existed until January. It's Stanford's Lawyers for a Sustainable Economy Initiative. Molly Melius, the director of LSE, and Jesse Lazarus, senior associate in LSE, a second year law student as well at Stanford Law School. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful episode here on Suncast. All right, so for those of you who were one of the 3,600 people that joined us at the Clean Energy for America inaugural ball back on January 20th, not only did we have a blast, but it was an awesome opportunity for networking. And one of the things that was the most unexpected for me is that all the way at the end of the evening, after four hours of fantastic fun, someone popped into a table where I was just sort of relaxing, chilling with a glass of wine and said, let me tell you all about how clean energy companies can get access to pro bono lawyers at big time law firms. And I thought, how does this guy have so much energy? Oh, right. He's in California, three hours behind me. Got it. Secondly, what the heck is he talking about? So I followed up with Jesse Lazarus after the Clean Energy for America ball. And that led to this conversation. Today, we're joined by Jesse and Molly, as I introed there in the beginning. Molly is the program manager at the Environmental Natural Resources of Law and Policy Program at Stanford Law School. And as I mentioned, Jesse's a second-year law student at Stanford as well, and they're both involved in aforementioned program, the Lawyers for a Sustainable Economy Initiative. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you for being here. And Molly, thanks so much. Yeah, thrilled to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Nico, thanks so much for inviting us to be on today. My pleasure. So let's start with the, the most obvious question that was on my mind, Jesse, after you popped into our, our hangout sesh and, and dropped the bomb that I could get a big law firm to work for me for free. What is the Lawyers for Sustainable Economy Initiative and who exactly is it intended to support? So the Lawyers for a Sustainable Economy Initiative, or the LSE initiative for short, is a law firm-led and Stanford-supported effort to provide free legal assistance to sustainability-focused entrepreneurs and nonprofits. And in particular, the initiative aims to support promising green entrepreneurs and nonprofits who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford legal services 
but with access to top-notch legal services, this can really help to launch their efforts to advance the sustainable economy. And these include efforts that serve the needs of marginalized, disenfranchised, or otherwise disadvantaged groups in a way that advances a sustainable economy. For instance, this could include uh, developing community solar projects to bring clean energy to residents of public housing, as well as those that directly secure or protect civil rights, civil liberties, or public rights, which include environmental and public health matters. Jesse, thank you for that explanation. You know, one of the things I'd like to kind of at a 10,000 foot level help folks understand is how a program like this even comes about. Molly, could you give us a little more insight around that? Absolutely. So the initiative was originally launched back in 2018 at the Global Climate Action Summit here in San Francisco by a number of leading government figures and climate policy experts, such as former Governor Brown, Attorney General Xavier Becerra, and a couple of folks who were affiliated with Stanford at the time, Ali Zaidi, who is the now Deputy White House National Climate Advisor, and visiting Professor David Hayes, who was the former Deputy Secretary of the Department of the Interior. So all those folks had been in conversation with others about how corporate America has been figuring out how to support a lot of these sustainability efforts, but major corporate law firms were hoping to also play a bigger role in supporting these efforts, but hadn't quite figured it out in a lot of ways and, and were looking for more clients and more groups that they could support. So they got together and, and thought this initiative would be a great way to, to do that, in part because Stanford's network of entrepreneurs is, is so vast and deep. We thought we would be a great facilitator for the initiative. I think some of the things I at first wanted to really understand around an initiative like this is the context of what it looks like for a big organization to commit. Can you give us some of the the names that people might recognize of large firms that are contributing pro bono time? And how has the program since 2018 evolved? You know, what's been done so far? Sure, absolutely. We have 14 law firms in the initiative right now, including major law firms with whom many of your listeners are likely familiar, like Morrison and Forrester, Latham and Watkins, Oric, Cooley, uh, Wilson Sonsini, Arnold and Porter. And when we initially started back in 2018, we had nine law firms who had pledged $15 million in in-kind pro bono legal services. So that means that they would devote a certain number of hours that would amount to that total over the two-year period. And actually, we just closed out our initial two years, and we had five firms add on during that period. And the total time and in-kind uh, money committed ended up being $35 million over the two-year period. Wow. $35 million. And what was the original commitment? $15 million. Okay. Fantastic. I mean, certainly folks will recognize names like Wilson, Wilson Sonsini. Most of the startups I'm working with are using one of Wilson's many uh, templates for how to raise money and how to hire staff for a company that wants to be venture funded. Jesse, you were going to add something? Oh, I was just, just I was just going to say, Nico, that, you know, I I really just have to speak to just how incredible the job that Amali has done managing the initiative. You know, I mean, I joined this in January of this year, but just, you know, we all know that we're living in the middle of a global pandemic and this once in a lifetime, awful economic uh, depression. But even in the midst of all that, 
you know, as we've already I've gone over, Molly has managed to grow this initiative from nine to 14 law firms that not only actually met, but exceeded their uh, commitments of uh, $23 million to offer $35 million in uh, pro bono legal services. And we've received fantastic uh, feedback too from the uh, law firms. And, you know, they've just been thanking Molly and just so glad for the initiative to have this chance because they are so grateful to be able to work to address the uh, climate crisis for, for not just their own sake, but also for their uh, children's sake. Yeah, Nico, one of the great things about this initiative is that, you know, we're not all environmental lawyers, right? You know, that's, that's my day job, but for most of the attorneys working in this initiative, it's not. But because a lot of the legal help that's being requested isn't specifically environmental legal help, they can play a really meaningful role in supporting these efforts, which is exciting. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the kind of question I want to ask. What are the specific types of clients, projects, legal help that the initiative is, in fact, supporting? And tell me a bit about how early participants were able to engage in that way. Like how they, how did they find out about it and what sort of services are being requested? Yeah, I, I can start, Jesse, and then, and then you can weigh in. So initially, we were just reaching out through all of Stanford's networks, through our alumni, through our energy listservs, and through the business school, and just trying to get the word out there to different entrepreneurs that, hey, this is a new initiative, check it out. The law firms themselves have also have prior existing relationships with clients and startups in the community who they've been reaching out to. And the type of legal support that's provided is pretty much everything you can imagine a full service law firm providing. Although we have found that most of our requests through the initiative are for help with incorporation and formation, corporate governance, like drafting bylaws and policies, drafting and reviewing contracts, and also intellectual property protection. Back in February, fellow solar warrior Ravi Mickelson revealed in episode 345 that the world's top banks funneled nearly $2 trillion into fossil fuels since the Paris Accord signing, despite their lip service towards climate and renewables. If that gets under your skin as much as it did mine, then let Ravi's fast-growing fintech banking platform, Atmos, help you align your purpose with your pocketbook, your cause with your cash. And you can know that it's never supporting interests or industries misaligned with your personal mission. Start your financial journey at joinatmos.com forward slash suncast. Hey, by now, I'm sure you've probably heard about our mission-minded program, getting your dream job in clean energy in 12 weeks. Our current cohort has given us great feedback and kudos, I might add, as they go through the material and our coaching calls. You can see more about what this program looks like at suncast.vip. That's our brand spanking new webpage to talk about the mission-minded program. That's also where you can send friends, family, neighbors, colleagues that you know who might need a little extra help, a little guidance to find that dream job in clean energy. Our mission-minded program cohort is ongoing right now. We are taking a waiting list for our next cohort. I'd encourage you to do two things. One, send anyone you know that might be interested. Two, those of you who are so inclined, please go check out suncast.vip and email me, nico at mysuncast.com. Molly, this sounds amazing. It almost sounds too good to be true, if I'm candidly honest with you, because who wouldn't want a company like Morrison Forster helping with incorporation? What sort of restrictions 
to access of this service are there and and how do we sort of put this into a box or a framework that folks can understand if they qualify or if this is for them? So for nonprofits, qualifying is fairly straightforward. For the most part, as long as their work benefits the environment, they generally qualify. Regarding the eligibility criteria for for-profits, it's obviously a little more complicated because the, the initiative is really geared towards those promising early stage startups that wouldn't otherwise be able to afford legal services. But with this access to legal support can really accelerate to the point where they become self-sustaining. So with that in mind, there are two possible avenues for a startup to qualify. One is if the entrepreneurs themselves are income eligible. So that refers to low-income entrepreneurs whose household income doesn't exceed a certain threshold, which we measure as 500% of the federal poverty guidelines. And there, there are more details on our website about exactly what those numbers are and what assets qualify. And the, the other way is if the entity is a social enterprise, which means that it's a mission-aligned for-profit that is formed and operated primarily to advance a sustainable economy. This is a trickier route and it involves a few conversations between the applicant and us kind of looking at the amount of funding that the entity has, what type of corporate structure they have, whether they're reinvesting any of their future profits back into the mission. So there's no, unfortunately, there's no bright line and it really is kind of a facts and circumstances test. Are you guys working with any accelerators or other sort of networking, connecting organizations that also refer folks to you? So actually, we've been speaking to a number of large groups, accelerators and others. You know, we, we haven't yet heard from them if we, if we can uh, say their names uh, publicly, but yeah, I mean, but they've been very uh, receptive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know that even the organization that we worked with for the aforementioned Clean Energy for America Ball has a network of over 3,000 small businesses. Um, oh, so wow. hopefully- yeah, so hopefully we're able to get this message out to even more. I mean, we've got thousands of listeners here for Suncast, but I just think this is a fantastic resource. But, but speaking of resources, I know precious little about the world of legal services, generally speaking. So one of the things I would love to hear sort of your input on is within the world of sustainability, um, and we may think of it as green entrepreneurship, are there a broader array of pro bono services and aid organizations that you think f people should be aware of beyond just the LSE? Yes, Nico, there, there are a number of pro bono legal referral organizations. And often when we can't place an applicant, but we think they might qualify, and it's just a matter of the firms not having bandwidth at that time, we refer them out to the trust law network, which is run by Thomson Reuters. It's a global pro bono legal referral network, and they have a huge number of attorneys in that network. And there's another one called Start Small, Think Big that supports small businesses, not only in the environmental field, but um, in, in other fields as well. So we've already discussed where the program's been and how well it's done so far. I would love to also add on to that where the program is going and also uh, describe some of the uh, results uh, so far. And so we've had all the law firms, they've been very enthusiastic, um, as I've mentioned, and they've all signed back on. And they've just been very thankful to have the chance to do all this unmeaningful work, both for their own sake and for their uh, children's sake. And then also looking at the feedback from our clients, it's been similarly enthusiastic. 
in uh, surveys of clients, uh, we've actually had 58% have said their experience in the initiative was excellent. And another 33% described their experience as very good or good. So over 90% of clients in the initiative have had a very positive experience. Microsoft has also decided to connect grantees from their AI for Earth program with the initiative to receive legal support. And Nico, just to uh, clarify for the LLC initiative, um, so these are 14 leading US law firms, but they are global. And so as part of the initiative, um, they do offer, and we have had past uh, projects where they've been uh, serving clients across the world, including in Kenya um, and uh, many other countries. Well, as we wrap, how can sustainability-focused entrepreneurs find out more about the LSE initiative and apply to see if they can qualify for these legal services from leading firms like Wilson-Sonsini? They should go to our website, lawyersforsustainability.com. And on our website, you'll see examples of other projects and matters that have been supported through the initiative, as well as our pro bono eligibility criteria and the intake form itself. And the form asks a number of questions just about your business or your nonprofit and how you're advancing sustainability and what your legal needs are. And then once we get that form, you'll get a follow-up email from Jesse and from me asking to schedule a call. And that's kind of when we get a little bit more information about the entity and about the eligibility. And if it's a good match, then we forward it along to the firms. And if you have any uh, questions when you're looking through the intake form or about eligibility, then you can reach us both through email by emailing us at lawyersforsustainability at law.stanford.edu. And of course, all of those resources will be linked in the show notes at the usual mysuncast.com, which we'll talk about in just a few minutes. Molly Melius is the director of the Lawyers for a Sustainable Economy Initiative and program manager for the Environmental Natural Resources of Law and Policy Program at Stanford Law School. And Jesse Lazarus is a senior associate of the LSE program as well and a second year law student at Stanford Law School. Molly and Jesse, thank you so much for joining us here to tell us more about the LSE program on Suncast. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. Well, that's a wrap on this Tactical Tuesday, Warriors. I hope that you were taking notes, but as usual, if not, you can always find this and show notes from so many other episodes over at mysuncast.com. Just click on the show notes page where you can find all of the highlights and resources, links, social media, and recommendations that Molly and Jesse just dropped in this episode. Since you're going to be online, I'd love it if you'd take a chance to go find us on LinkedIn as well. On that show notes page, you'll find the LinkedIn link for myself and Molly and Jesse. I know they'd love to hear from you. Please check out the post that we've made and leave a comment. Click on that like button. It makes a difference when you comment. That engagement helps LinkedIn know that you're digging what we are posting over there. And I would love it if you would just go ahead and connect with me and send me a direct message. Let me know how this episode particularly benefited you. I know that this is extremely practical and tactical for many of you. So I hope that you'll click through to the application and see if you qualify. Check out the LSE initiative. This one is an excellent resource for you. Well, I hope you'll join us again on Thursday as we always have a long form interview with a leading clean tech founder or executive as we do every Thursday. And you can listen to more than 350 other 
episodes in this podcast by subscribing in whatever podcast player you've chosen to listen today. Once again, we know that you could be doing anything right now. So thank you for dedicating the only non-renewable resource you've got, and that's your time. You are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. Mm -hmm.